connection with nature is the key that modern man keeps leaving out. Roots of Impact Podcast. Roots of Impact Podcast. Roots of Impact Podcast. Welcome, 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 family of the Roots of Impact Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. I am Alan and I'll be your host today. The Roots of Impact podcast is a podcast where we interview leaders, teachers and healers from around the world and our mission is to inspire you and ourselves to become the leaders, teachers and healers of tomorrow. We give you practical tools in every podcast so we can start taking action towards this mission. Today, we go all the way to Samara in Guanacaste, in Costa Rica. Today, we interview Julie Bray. Julie Bray is the author of The Ear of the Frog, a book, a book that I'm just about to finish right now that vibrated in the deepest places of my being. A book of raw truth in a world of, of shiny social media. A book of courage. A book of revival and reinvention. A book that gives us the courage and allows us to be ourselves and pursue our dreams, just as Julie did. Julie grew up in a conservative society that shut down her curiosity and fed her false fantasies, the same as many of us. After reaching rock bottom, she had the option to just quit or to take a leap of faith and follow her dreams. And that's exactly what she did, and she birthed her first book, The Year of the Frog. It's a narration of her healing path, and it's uh, helping many people the same as it did for me. Now she works helping others heal via the power of, of heart map, via feedback, via meditation, via the connection to Mother Earth, and via the magical power of her bees. So without further ado, thanks, Julie, for, for receiving me in this uh, yeah, sac sacred space here um, in... Um, in, in Samara, in Guanacaste, here in Costa Rica. Um, so we just did a hard coherence. You just taught me how to do this hard coherence. And uh, it's, it's amazing to, maybe, maybe this is a way of like tricking your mind to, 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 tell, to telling your mind, hey, you know, this works. Because if you don't have it, then you, you can be more skeptical. So I appreciate uh, the opportunity for, to do it. But yeah, I also have, we see this, uh, this uh, huge box of uh, bees uh, <laughs> right, right, right next to me, which uh, these, uh, these little guys are buzzing away. So I would like to, yeah, first welcome you and then uh, to this podcast and thanks for receiving me. And also tell us, yeah, what, what's, what's the work that you're doing now with the bees and with the hard coherence? Just, you, you, you gave me a lot of uh, insight just now, but uh, maybe you can uh, share it with, uh, with, with the people too. Hi, thanks, Wes. Thanks for inviting me to the podcast. Um, so I'm here at my wellness retreat I call Bare Feet in Playa Samar, Costa Rica, and it's just been a year since I decided to come back to work. Um, I've lived here eight years. I came here with the intention to change everything in my life, and um, so I did. I've been working on me. I decided I didn't want to be the psychologist who needs a psychologist. And I did a lot of things that I was told. Um, didn't have enough scientific 
evidence to back it up. And I started seeing a pattern in my practice from the prescription drug companies offering me incentives. Um, and from my young children who were sad that I would see, and I knew I'd done a good background history on them. I knew if they were having visions, I knew what was going on. And then they would, um, their parents would kind of give in and take them and get them on a prescription. And the next thing I know, I'm talking to a child who's having suicidal thoughts or, or um, hallucinations is what they call it on the side effects. But those hallucinations are what we're seeing with these, these shootings. I believe it's the prescriptions causing this. Yes, the people do have psychological problems, but check the background. They are also were put, recently put on a prescription. And so this is powerful, I know. I felt like I was kind of running away, and I came here eight years ago to take, and I did a lot of plant medicines, ayahuasca, San Pedro, Rape, Tesma's cow. <laughs> and then I started making my own plant medicines. And, and I've written another book called The Cannabis Papers, kind of a spin on Freud's cocaine papers, experimenting with the medicines myself so that I can tell people from a psychological standpoint um, what they're good for. And so um, I had a decision to make a year ago because financially I was out of money. I'd put all my money towards my first book because I really believed that thing was going to take off. And I just decided if I'm going to go back to work, I'm going to do it my way. My thing is meditation and growing up in the Bible belt, I couldn't even call it meditation in my practice. I had to call it relaxation therapy or they considered it religion. There was a church right across from my practice. <laughs> So, um, that was, um, it was, I said, okay, I'm going to do meditation. I'm going to use the tools that I knew I liked that had more feminine energy. So I started just doing meditations here, free meditations, mass meditations, started working with mom in Europe, the, um, moments of mass mindfulness. We do these giant mass meditations worldwide. We hold them at the same time and I hook people up with my biofeedback equipment and then the data goes and we're comparing it with the resonance of the earth. There's a lot of studies going on and we call ourselves a coherence hotspot. A guy from Canada, Dirk Terpstra, um, came up with that idea, which is kind of like the old areas around where you see the Stonehenge and all the, the sacred places. We believe they were there. The area has a high coherence. Being a coherence hotspot means that we just work on our own coherence to keep the vibration high so that when people step into the space, they immediately feel some peace. So these were my ideas. So I just started teaching the meditation and um, did, went away and did some stuff with Joe Dispenza for a workshop ah, in Peru. I saw him with thousands of people. We meditated with for like five days. It was beautiful. And I really believe as soon as I came back from that, everything, like I just sit here in a day in the mornings and I'm like, what do you want? What do you want? And I try to consciously create every single day. And I'm very connected to Mother Nature. I believe the medicines have helped me. And I know I ask for something to come to me that would make it easy for me to finish more books. And that's when this box appeared. <laughs> and so we know um, in Russia, I think it was around 2013, they started studying the inhalation of beehive air because there's a legend that the air from the bees, when a, that beekeepers do not get asthma because they're cleaning the hives. They get this woof of these pheromones. And they started studying it in Ukraine and that area. They're a large producer of honey in Russia in this area over there. And um, there was a woman that came from there over here and 
I believe they were at the university or they were, they somehow they fell in love. But the guy that she fell in love with just happened to be my beekeeper because he's been bringing me little, teaching me about these little bees for eight years. And he messaged me a year ago and he said, since you're doing this wellness thing, have you heard about the inhalation of the beehive air? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm all into all this. Um, bring it on. So he brought me the, the very first here in Costa Rica. We just had, a re- they rescue bees and it was a log that they found and they had attached a medical grade aspirator to it. So we were breathing the air. Sure enough, you feel these euphoric feelings. It acts as cortisone chemically, which um, we know cortisone is in a lot of prescription medications. It's in asthma inhalers. It's what they give you to reduce inflammation when you have pain. So if you can inhale this or be in the environment of it, sure enough, it helps to reduce inflammation and a whole lot of other things. We don't really know. This is brand new research. And so then only two months ago, did they bring me this bed? They said, you ready to upgrade? And I'm like, yes, I am. What do you have? And um, what we know is that the Egyptians slept on their beehives. There's stories of they worshiped the bees. They believed them to be the tears of Ra the eye of Horus, the energy of the sun, which fuels all the earth, which pollinates all (laughs) the food we eat. It makes sense if you think about it. And the legend says that they would, they worship their bees in a way that it was part of the king. The king, if you were a king, you had, you had the bees and the beekeepers were royalty. It was like an honor to have bees on your property and, you know, then the royal jelly that came from that because it was the, all these things that the bees produce. And the workers would lean against the hives because they would stack them. And they said that they could fall asleep for 10 minutes, go into a trance, and it was like they slept for eight hours. Wow. So then we're talking about not just the air of the hive. Now we're talking about a vibration or a coherent field or something. What I believe is a bidirectional healing device because of the electromagnetic spectrum of the hive. Um, they're like in little mini energy workers. They the the way they even make honey and the reason that it stays antimicrobial and antibacterial and antiviral is through energy. The queen detects the vibration of the hive, and I think I had said like Dr. Joe Dispenza says, we're not getting sick because of the germs or the viruses. We're getting sick because our vibration is low. And the way they keep their environment sterile to make this honey so that it lasts forever um, is through vibration. So she's vibrating anywhere from 200 to 1,000 hertz. These are also the same vibrations known as the Sophigio healing frequencies. Um, they're also, if you look at infrasound and ultrasound, the vibrations that are normally healing for the body are the ones that we don't hear or see. So you see these little tiny bees, you know they're vibrating, but you're not really hearing it or are you seeing it. But this is what they're using medically to splice together DNA, restructure. I believe it's healing us um, on the molecular level because we're entering a very coherent field. And so we're dealing with the vibration, the air, and this electromagnetic spectrum that is created to to enter the area of the bees. And the people that have gotten in it, they they report like being rocked into a trance. Like the Egyptians, I believe that's why they used the honeybee as the kundalini awakening. And when we're talking about awakening, we're talking about more of our brain turning on, more becoming more conscious, being able to see the bigger picture. And... um, so it's a beautiful healing device and part of something that we offer here to help people connect to nature and another plant medicine. I say we're bringing back the medicine, the real medicine that comes from Mother Nature to help support and heal us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
I think uh, I think uh, I heard a saying some some somewhere that says uh, nature nature speaks or, or something like that. So we need to yeah be open to um, to receive it. And uh, I, I love I love uh, something that I didn't say in the in, in the in the last uh, recording that we did. I love that um, yeah that it's a that it's a healing that it's non-invasive at all. Like, uh, like of course, you're invading the space, let's say, or you're in the space, but you're just letting the... You're just being healed by the work that the bees are doing. Not not, not really... Like, because... Um, and because I know, like, from a, from, a, from a honey course that I did, I know that, yeah, honey has a lot of medicinal properties, but it's really hard for the bees to, to produce it. It's a lot of work. Plus, it's their food, yeah. so we're like a little bit also t like to heal ourselves. We're taking the food away from, so those are little things that we need to be conscious about. And I love that uh, that the, in this we're just like being healed uh, th through their energy. Rescue bees inside a protective home we've built for them, and we're just laying on top of it. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to um, have this experience and to be alive in a time where Mother Nature's gaining back her worth. Which has always been my, you know, from the times of me doing the plant medicines and remembering, you know, I say it's a remembering who I am and my happiest states. Because if, if we're wanting to get back to that place where we remember peace or if we've never had it in our life, we've got to teach ourselves what it feels like. And for me, it was, I was just always an outside kid and, and just always turning to Mother Nature for <laughs> for advice and feeling like she was conscious and uh, feeling a connection with her. So for me to have these tiny stingless bees as a part of the therapy in a country with no army mm -hmm. is just stepping out there and saying, you know, we, we can all say we love her. We can all say that we believe in, in nature's ability, but we really, 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 really have to start practicing what we're preaching and protecting her. And, and the reason these bees were worshipped, I understand now, because they are so healing. I've had an experience on my own body that has been magnificent from having them, them here. It's just been a change in my biology and my coherence has gone up. I practice biofeedback on myself daily, and it's never been higher. It's high because of the bees. I have the proof. So <laughs> they're beautiful beings. <laughs> it's a reason they were worshipped as the eyes of Ra. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, maybe, I don't know, think about it, the word be, you know, to be, or... Yeah. They do everything through energy. Yeah. Everything's through energy. The, the queen gives her orders through energy. Wow. She doesn't speak. It's an energetic vibration, and then they know what to do. Yeah. So and Mother Nature speaks through this frequency, too, and that's what I write about as well in some of the books that I've written. Do we want to talk about that now? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's, um, let's, let's transition to... I'm reading. I'm reading your book, and I'm like four fifths into it, more or less now. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the main the main teaching that I, that I've got from it is to to have the courage to be myself. Uh, and I'm not fully there yet. Uh, this, I still have like a lot of obstacles. Uh, I was just um, like talking with with my wife and 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 uh, and, and my and my mother-in-law. 
of kind of like the, the, the thought pattern that I have that kind of like I feel is, is limiting, limiting me, which is I get, a, I get kind of like an aha moment or a moment of inspiration on, on some work that I, sh- that I should be doing or that I need to do and that really like brings my energy up. I get like a lot of resonance. But then I get a thought that comes in, in interjecting that that says, well, if I'm actually going to do work, do my paying my paying job work uh because that's kind of like i know how to jump into it real fast you know i don't have to think about it that much uh, i can just i don't even have to probably meditate to do it i just get in it and you know i know kind of like the sequential steps that i need to take and then i have another thought that comes in that starts blaming my current job for me not being able to do the work and then that that basically like puts me like in a negative spiral of like kind of like being a victim and like you know putting myself in a in a really dark place and and and, and yeah I know I know from my heart that I just need to start doing it and you know when I get this moment I, I need to start doing it and 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 your book is giving me a lot of courage to do to do that I I also enjoy I enjoy writing too and I have a blog so I, I feel like I, like your book is also inspiring me to start writing again but but yeah when I was reading it I was the message obviously i was like getting like you know connecting to the feelings that you were having of course not as, not as deep because you're the one that lived it but i was always getting the feeling like how courageous this woman is to put all this out there and like and and this and that courage is being transmitted to me so i wanted you to to talk to us a little bit about the book and also how well how the book came to be to to a making and how you, in general, like, because the book tells about your life. So how your life took you to, to the moment of the, of the, to, to the type of work that you're doing nowadays. Okay. So, um, yeah, I hear you talking about the, you know, some people call it that monkey mind. And, and this is where we talked a little bit previously about moving away from living through our mind and living through our heart. And that's what was happening with the year of the frog um this is just basically my journal that i published when i left the united states i um was in a moment of transition going through what i call my midlife awakening uh feeling burned out with work wanting to be the best i could be to my clients but having a real hard time pulling myself up by my bootstraps as we say in Texas to to be there a hundred percent and it not affect me and so I started coming back and forth to Costa Rica I had discovered Samara I discovered there was a country without an army <laughs> and <laughs> and these things that I just and all this stuff lining was not lining up from the prescriptions I, I talked about in my practice that I was watching um, from from me being offered incentives by the prescriptions, um, I got you get to see you know and looking at um, I was a psychology lecturer for a while. The textbooks, the studies are really coming from the prescription drug companies. When you start looking at where this and they also doing your own research and seeing how easily it is to actually manipulate it, if you're getting paid big bucks, you can figure out which <laughs> which statistic is going to give you a significant. <laughs> significance anyway um long story i um i just started coming here i was going through my second divorce and feeling very much the hypocrite for not being able to listen to or practice what i was preaching 
I felt that's the area of my counseling that I was doing the best work in, but not being able to do that myself was causing me a lot of turmoil. I'd sit in my chair and cry and say, you know, after a session, wow, that was really good advice. Julie Bray, when are you going to take it? <laughs> and at that time when I, um, my um, partner, who I had said that I was really, I really have a lot of um, respect for her now. She was my business partner, a very intelligent woman. I see now how I needed her to help me build a practice. I didn't have enough confidence in my own ability to be able to help people and build a practice. She was really the, the roots of it. And me just going through this confusion. And every time I'd go in good morning to her telling her, you know, I, I want to move to Costa Rica. Did you know there's this country without an army? Did you know that they're, you know, they're trying to, to take care of Mother Nature? They're so connected. And I started, you know, I was trying to explain how I just, I feel lost. I don't want to be here. And at one point, um, a beautiful blessing was that she decided to put a note on my door while I was in session with a client to offer to buy me out. And, you know, being the victim that I was, I looked at it as, oh, crying, I can't believe she'd do this, blah, blah, blah. But it was actually a gift. I took the money, even though it was a low-ball offer. And I just, what was happening for me was I was realizing I'd never listened to my heart. I had never listened to my heart. I was trying to do everything controlage, and I call it, had told me to do. And I was already still going to go to hell in my eyes. I was, you know, what, what am I doing here going to church? What am I doing? I've already been assigned <laughs> a place in the afterlife. <laughs> and, you know, what, what in the world? Um, I can talk the talk, but I can't walk the walk. And here she was offering to buy me out. And I thought, well, let me just see if my house sells. Let me just see if I put myself on Craig, stuff on Craigslist. And within two weeks, I was laying on my floor without a bed with a one-way ticket to Costa Rica. And a, probably very mad at me business partner because I would signed the paper and checked out. And um, came here to do what my little girl heart was telling me to do, the one I'd never listened to. You know, I told myself, I'm going to take yourself, I'm taking you by the hand and we're going. And we're going to do something that you want to do because you listening to everybody else has ended up in you being miserable. And I came here, lost my shoes, <laughs> started walking barefoot, um, riding a bike, and from here and back and forth to Peru. It was actually easy for me to get a ticket to Peru and go and do some discovering. I wanted to investigate the plant medicines that I wasn't taught about in graduate school. I um, had said that I had apologized to my clients because so many of them at the end of their rope came to me wanting ayahuasca. You know, have you heard about it? I've heard it can help me. And I told people there's no scientific evidence. I told people, you know, that we try this or that. Here's some scientific proof behind this. And then also watching the small children come to me with normal depression over losing a parent or their best friend moving. These are, these are things we've just got to go through and move through. And then their parents listening to the doctors and putting them on a prescription. When I had already done a workup, I'd already asked them about their visions. I already knew they weren't suicidal or thinking about getting a gun or a knife and doing something horrible to and then all of a sudden, after the prescriptions, I started seeing a pattern of people with suicidal thoughts and children thinking but visions that were horrible. And I, so I knew it was the prescriptions. And that was one of the reasons I wanted out. I wanted out of that. I was battling something that I couldn't call meditation meditation. The church across from my office only wanted Christian counselors. 
I was not going to claim to be one, even though I grew up that way. I told them I see everybody. I'm not going <laughs> to judge. <laughs> you know? But they wanted me to, to be in the line that they needed. And um, so I came here, and I said, you know, you're just going to write. I had enough money to make it two years, and I just focused all my energy on healing myself. I didn't want to be the psychologist who needed a psychologist. I wanted to not go back to work until I could say this is the walk I'm walking. And if I'm talking and I'm not doing it myself, I'm not going to tell you to do it. And started writing this book, which just, it became, I say the book started writing me. It became magic after the new, the Old Testament which was just my word vomit of me telling my truths, the hard parts too, because it's what I ask my clients to do in therapy. And sometimes it'd take a year. My job is to piece together the themes and patterns of their life because that's what clicks on the aha moment. But I hadn't done it for myself. So I wrote, I kind of thought I might publish it, but I never intended on leaving everything. And everything was handwritten. And when I went to start putting it, typing it, everything that I was typing in that I didn't want to be seen publicly, I color-coded in red. And then, of course, everything turned into the Bible chapters and all the men I slept with are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. (laughs) I was seeing it as my lessons. These are my disciples. These are my lessons. I wanted to write my own story of an aha moment rather than reading about Jesus or anybody, Buddhas, they're all, they're human too, just like me. If they can have this great awakening, then so can I. And so I wrote about the ayahuasca, I wrote about the San Pedro. And after editing it and the parts I had color-coded in red that I was going to take out, after reading it about 50 times, there was a self-healing that occurred. And I was able to read the part about the abortions and look at myself like, instead of, crying and feeling the victim like feeling a lot of compassion and realizing how young I was and I was given the tools that you know even though I was told this was wrong there were people in the church that took me to have it done there were you know (laughs) and then it's all secretive after that there's no healing that occurs there's nothing it was just that's it we don't talk about it anymore go to confession and you know yeah they're telling you you're, you can be forgiven, but you know this is an ultimate sin, and hell is the... <laughs> and I believed them. I really believed them because I, I believed I wanted really hard to be a good girl and be the best student and learn the facts. And when the facts and the patterns and themes that I was really good at weren't matching, I, I decided to to come here and tattletale. I call it a, a tattletale fairy tale because the word vomit in the beginning, I was tattletaling on everyone. And then I write about my experiences with ayahuasca to to be able to go back and say, wait a minute, clients that I saw in the past, I was wrong because this actually helped me with alcoholism. And this helped me with depression. And this helped me get over the fact that I made a choice when I was very young that is not going to place me in a place. We only have now. We really only have now. I believe we are creating it, either heaven or hell, whatever you choose. <laughs> and um so yeah being able to ayahuasca um being able to put together some of my near-death experiences and past life experiences and then i did san pedro in the year of the frog and the reason i even call it the year of the frog is because that was my year to kiss a lot of frogs and try to not have any judgment on me and just see what i could learn from it all 
And um, it was more than a year. It was actually three years. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that, me just making sure I soften the blow when you read There's 12 Disciples. <laughs> it was three years. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of, I, I write mysteriously. There's a lot of symbolism. The names, even the biblical names that I chose, actually, if you, they they have a lot of meaning just because I really was a good student even in church. I know that Miriam was the mother of Moses and she ushered the people in. And Miriam in the book is the woman in the book that when I came here, she was um, just like befriending all the women. There was a lot of women that came here that year. And she was just ushering us in, telling us the way. And 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 uh, Jezebel in the book is a friend of mine that was mislabeled in the Bible for being absolutely beautiful. She's absolutely beautiful with this beautiful energy and free spirit. And man, she taught me so much. And so her name in the book has to do, everybody's name has something. The chapter titles have meaning for me. And um, a lot of people that read it get it. A lot of people don't. And I'm okay with that. It's, it's a, I wanted it to be, when I decided to publish it, I said, if I can write about my healing and some one person, one woman read it and somehow vicariously heal her, then, then that was worth it. It's always been my, my choice and my way to try to find the easiest way. I don't think we have to have the hardest way. The feminine energy way is to go with the flow. And I don't think we have to suffer in order to heal. I think that you can have aha moments by being in the energy of somebody else's story or in the energy of the bees or in the energy of a tree. And um, so, yeah, that was the year of the frog for me was about my own healing and then just hoping that it helps somebody else heal vicariously. Well, I think I was telling you that, yeah, it's, it's helping me heal or, yeah, or, or allow... I also read a, a post that really resonated with a book, uh, an, another post, not from you, but from a, from a herbalist called Asia Suler. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just sent a post just these days, and she said that she had like a lot of like um, uh, digestive problems all her life, and she did like all the, you know, kind of like uh, medicinal tracks of like uh, elimination diets and uh, a lot of herbal teas and tinctures and uh, fermentations and all this stuff, and she still couldn't get it done. And she went to to an Irish healer, and uh, the Irish healer touched her solar plexus, which I'm not 100% sure what that is. Maybe you can tell me there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the belly button. Yeah. And the guy, the, no, it was a girl, sorry. The, the Irish healer woman told her, you're afraid to be in your power. Mm-hmm. And And reading your book, like, I feel like you were able to be like you were able to to be in your power through writing a book because you you had a lot of courage and it was telling me that I needed to be in my power and this mess extra message that I got from this blog was also like you need to be in your power and it's and it's a, a time that I need this because I'm in a new place and I want to step into that power you know I think it's time to 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 do that because if not I can just like continue in the and you know this uh, more the mechanical um steps of life so i think uh i think stepping in your power is a what kind of like uh, summarizes how i feel from your from your book so i really appreciate too and and i'm and i'm a man and i can imagine what it what it can do to to women um yeah uh 
was just going to, I was going to say at the point when I, um, decided to do all of this, you talk about it being courageous and I think being a counselor gave me a really great perspective on it because when we were talking about, you know, I was saying that in the book, the remembers I write about us either being the victim, the controller, or now the creator, we know we have another choice. I I was at a real low, actually. So to say I had courage, it kind of feels a little false. I feel like I I thought to myself, I remember that instant thinking. Because it's always that that other choice that we have when we're that low, for so many of us, is to check out. And I remember thinking, well, if that's the option you're going to come up with, can you not for once just take a real giant risk instead of that? Just do something really risky. Let, you know, if that's the other option, what else can we do? And I and I want to say that to people because I think when we're when we're coming across people who are suicidal, that they really are. They think that's the choice. And and I would really really love for people to think about when there's another choice there's another option you've been listening to the rest of the world and it's not quite working out for you probably because you're just not listening to yourself and if there's a way that you can I mean sure you can't sell everything and maybe come as far as Costa Rica and it's not the place I figured out it really is a state of mind it's not and but that that having um the guts to do something like this was more of maybe um, I guess just seeing it clearly that that the I can check out I can check out after I try why don't you try something really I guess that's the message I want to say if you're at that point in your life why don't you try something else really radical that keeps you alive rather than that and and it usually needs to be listening to our own voice you know listen to that thing that 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 whisper that comes at you in silence and why you can't hear it when you're connected to your telephone or the tv really we really i believe meditation is as important to our mental health as brushing our teeth as to our dental health you every day we have to try to start saying what do we want and design a life every single day based on that that's that's what I just wanted to jump in and say on about um, the courageousness that possibly it was more of of just realizing that I'm at a loss and I'm at the bottom of my rope and why not just leave it? You can have the rope. I can come back to that, <laughs> but go do something else first and see if maybe you can't you can't find a path that's more conducive with what your soul's calling. That 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 brought me a brought me a flashback of a of a of a memory that uh, I I feel like I don't remember that much of my of my of my life for some reason I don't know my long term memory is not that good because I cannot imagine my life not being like how it is now so I I I tend to like kind of like forget I don't know if that's good but this brought me a flashback of a of a thought I used to have. Um, of of yeah like. If for some reason one day I'm feeling like, yeah, like I want to check out or I don't want to live anymore, I'm going to try all the things that, that, I, that I feel like are not right. Like, uh, you know, like doing drugs or like all, all, all these things. I was, I, 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 used to, I used to tell myself that. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, so, you know, probably just, enjoy, enjoy, you know, fall, fall back to just enjoying or something like. Not, just, just 
the end of the time. You know, just realizing this this is going to pass. All emotions pass. All of them. They and you have to remind yourself of the you know your track record of getting through things in the past. You know, every single time. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And you, it. That's kind of like realizing i believe we're becoming more conscious you know evolution means that animals and humans are becoming smarter our bodies are realizing what we need what we don't need animals may lose their tail because they're not using it we lose receptors in our brain if we're not using them and um so evolution means that we're you know they say we only pick up four percent electromagnetic spectrum what that means is as we evolve we're going to be able to actually pick up on more of this we're becoming smarter and we're actually in those moments when we're low, it's like we really we really forget. I think we go through an amnesia. But part of the evolution is that we're able to talk to our bodies. And in that moment, we're able to say, wait a minute, I, I know that I'm in a fight or flight mode because I'm having a negative emotion. I'm having a suicidal thought. I know that's not... My brain is not in its highest power right now. Therefore, it's making 70,000 old thoughts, nor is it's not going to make a new thought. New thought only comes in when you're in repair mode. And so if you can just give yourself this self-talk, like we're becoming our own best parents or our own best therapist, that's part of the evolution, like these um, devices they have now so funny you know i don't have a telephone but they call those things the little robots on their houses when you walk in and it knows what temperature to turn your house to and what what do they call those google things or amazon they talk to it they say turn on the air conditioner well these these devices learn your preferences well your body is the same way and then so what we do through biofeedback and when you're when you introduce your body to a high coherence every single cell in your body is trying to stay alive it wants to stay alive. And so we're, we just for a little bit, we did some biofeedback on you. I'm going to put you in the bees. We're exposing your body to a high coherence, and, and your heart may possibly is going to go, wait a minute, that actually felt better. I was actually performing better. Every, all of your biology, and you can tell your body to turn on the highest expression of its genes in that time. And when we're having these negative emotions and we're in fight or flight, we have to practice I say, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Tell yourself in this moment right now, this is not real. My brain's not even picking up. It's not working if I'm having a negative emotion. It's not going to come up with a new idea. So I say either go to sleep or meditate or, you know, just let it pass. Be patient with it and let it pass. Or come up with some idea that makes your heart feel like you when you were daydreaming as a little kid and your heart just started exploding with bliss Mm. that's the gps you should follow Mm. that's where you should go and then fear jumps in like you were telling me at the first where your thoughts come in and tell you that is all opinion your brain is a survival mechanism trying to teach you the warnings of the past but you should not pay attention to the negative emotions because they're not even real anytime you feel excitement and then it's coupled with fear right then you know you know the fear is trying to block my highest power and so what i need to do is ignore the fear and go with the excitement go with the excitement which for me was moving to costa rica there was a lot of fear around it but i kept focusing on the excitement i came here alone i brought my little dog i'm gonna pretend to be an author and write this book (laughs) color cut it in red so that I can take out the hard parts. <laughs> 
And then here we are. And um, some beautiful stuff came out of that. I honestly believe that when I write that, you know, I don't want to say the word channeling, but, you know, people will say the divine matrix. Perhaps it is just my own highest self coming through without judgment that something kicks in. I know I go into a high repair mode when I'm writing. If I'm writing by hand, it's the best. It comes out scribbly. It, but, and, and it feels like my heart is just... And then I'll go back and read it. If I will really not really read it as I'm writing it and let it come out, I will go back and read it and it will be news to me. And uh, that's a lot. The second half of the Year of the Frog, the New Testament, was... Um, well, I mean, you could look at it like this. The Old Testament was before consciousness opening medicines. The New Testament was after the consciousness opening medicines. I became more conscious. <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that, uh, that, is, that is a good uh, passage to, to, to something else that I wanted to talk about, which is, uh, yeah, the, um, the plant medicine that you, that you tapped into. Um, I was I was telling you about the the, the I I only tried well I I tried San Pedro too but I tried uh, more times um, psilocybin mushrooms and I I feel that they're so caring for me like I feel like such a love coming in like it feels so loving the energy that, that it transmits me. But at the same time, it shifts my my gates of perception to yeah from from like a worrying mind or from like a what to do mind or or even you know like how to fulfill my 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 fullest potential mind to just being able to connect to 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 all nature that is around me and to to and to really like see that everything is alive and and for me, I thought that like having to I thought that I was gonna do it a ritual to, to take psilocybin mushrooms like probably every six months or every year. I didn't do that. But the teaching that it that it gave me, like it stays with me forever. Like now I'm like all the time looking at how like a plant is growing and knowing that it's alive. And also I I've read some other other information that like validate uh what what I was experience, experiencing there. And now, like, I can, I know that, like, we're, like, not, not separate. Like, that we're, like, connected to, 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 to this earth. I wanted to ask you how, yeah, how, how the experience with these plants and how you're working with them now um, has, has helped you. Um, and like I said, my clients um, had asked me about different plant medicines, and, and I repeated what I had learned, because that's what you do, you become a robot, and I was a really good student, so I was a really good robot. <laughs> I could tell you what year the study was done and everything. Um, but what I know now is um, when I left at the end of my rope and my other choice was, you know, I don't want to be here, or let's do something really, really radical and really, really different and take all the money that you can come up with and use it to give yourself space to write a book and go and take some other plant medicines and write about this and experiment with what I was not taught because I, I had heard 
that these are the psychological medicines. As a, as a clinical psychologist, this is what I should have been taught. This is what they used in the in the tribes. I'd heard stories of elders when a child was going through a transition. They didn't actually call it depression or anxiety or an adult. They going through these transitions, and they would go on a walkabout. They the the whole healing was a connection to nature. And then um, the elder would come back and, and discuss, you know, with the whole village what they felt the plant medicine. And I found charts where there are plant medicines for different energy centers of your body. So if we're talking about everything being energy and us having bodies that with blocked energy and therefore we're having illness, disease, or we're not coherent, in sync, everything's communicating, everything in our body's connected, then that's what we now believe is causing, you know, the disease and everything. And these plant medicines, we know trees are resonating coherence. Bees are resonating coherence. I believe that when we ingest them, they're teaching our body how to make its own DMT, how to make its own serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, THC. And we're generations and generations of people depleted from these medicines. The the elders would come back, you know, after the walkabout with the person in transition and say this person has a block in their root chakra, psilocybin's for the root chakra. And that's for connecting you to Mother Nature, you say, and you feel a connection. And and that's, you know, I say control religion in the book, and I feel I can see this pattern. I pick up themes and patterns. I see this pattern of them damming, you know, coming in and into Peru, and they would destroy the temples and build their church on top of it. And then say, these people are crazy. They're worshiping the sun. These people are crazy. They're worshiping the bees. They're plant medicines. They're burning us at the stake. All of the religion really, really... You know, and I told you this, and I don't know if I should say how much I can say, (laughs) but, you know, the crossing of your pineal gland, all these things are, to me, sort of looking like a pattern of keeping me from being in connection with my soul, my, my own ability to manifest, to create my world, to, um, heal my body, which now we know if we're in repair mode all the day, instead of in fight or flight mode, we're in repair mode all day. What's my body going to do in repair mode all day rather than in destructive fight or flight mode? So, um, yeah, these plant medicines, I, I went to Peru for, in the book I write about the abortion and that was really a deep, a deep, hard, um, thing to write about, to read about, to edit and eventually leave. But it was the one thing I really didn't realize when I went to Peru. And I didn't go to do the plant medicine. I just got called. It fell into my lap. And the next thing I knew, I'm sitting there analyzing it going, what are you doing? <laughs> kind of wanting to run. And <laughs> But um, I, was just, I was at the end. I was at the end. The other choices I were to not be here anymore. And when you feel that way and you take the medicine and then, my goodness, did it awakened stuff in me completely eradicated the alcoholism for me I that was a day after I went and did my normal routine of having my dinner and ordering my wine and you know doing the patterns of my life of my past that I had done and I got it from the table after I paid the bill and turned back and looked and I hadn't touched it never even looked at it and didn't even have the urge to go back and go you know turn it up and finish the last bit like you always do I just thought huh that's real odd didn't even notice I hadn't touched it. And after that, just little by little, um, you know, I continued to drink a little bit after that. That was been, what, eight, nine years ago that I did that. 
but eventually my body just like a child who doesn't like the taste of it. I just really don't even like it anymore. And I credit the ayahuasca for doing that for me. Also of lining up all the patterns. I saw my past life experiences. I realized the energy that I carry now is the energy of a life I'd not healed. And I truly believe if we can heal this life, we heal all lives as well as some of our ancestors trauma as well all of it I think we can heal it all and um, so that was my I wrote it and I published it I wrote it for me for my own healing I ended up publishing it for one or two the few women out there who were feeling the same way as me and to give them hope that there is another option you don't have to be the victim you don't have to be the controller you can be the creator of your life and that right there you know if you if you keep people in fear states they'll work for you (laughs) it is a whole idea of repair mode versus fight or flight mode and if you're in fight or flight mode you want you need protection you need borders you need guns you need armies if you're in peace you you don't need anything (laughs) you meditate on somebody coming to interview you about your book and they show up Living in the energy of that, so that that was um, that was the year of the frog, um, and me kissing a lot of frogs. Um, I said that there was a, I just was writing my my story and trying to go back through and piece together the patterns. I noticed the patterns I was repeating in relationships. I noticed the energy. I noticed it being more my responsibility, and um, living here alone and learning to live alone I also realized (laughs) how high maintenance I was and wow you know when you start to focus on self-love I always tell my clients do everything you want a date to do you want somebody to bring you flowers bring yourself flowers you want somebody to cook you dinner cook yourself a nice meal candles romantic night whatever do those things for yourself and in doing that practicing what I was preaching I realized wow I'm a lot of work (laughs) And so I'm a lot gentler with, <laughs> with people that I date <laughs> because it is a lot to, and that that also gave me the choice of making my own, of realizing I have to make my own self happy. Yeah. And then since I have a lot more books, but now you tell me what yeah. you want to know. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about, um, well, there's, there's two concepts, the concept of, uh, kind of like, uh, like, that 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 we don't like, kind of like listen to our inner inner voice. That we need to h- hear that. And I feel like a reason that that that's going on is because people are not creating the space for it to to listen to it. And it's aligned with um with another concept of like kind of like work, working with energy instead of like the the contraligion trying to like push everything in the material world. More like working on your energy to to kind of like manifest from the energetical place. Uh, I've been hearing that concept a lot. That if you if you're able to to work the energy, then things kind of like like shifting the energy is is easier, and then that creates like the material world to respond to it. So, yeah. And Mother Nature is here to assist us. You know, I believe the ascension. I believe a lot that was in the Bible is is coded in parables and. I think it's all got to be coded because I've read books in the past by Eckhart Tolle, Seed of the Soul, that did, I was like, what is this person talking about? And then enter consciousness opening drugs. 
medicines. Uh-huh. I call the white coat ones drugs. Medicines. And all of a sudden, these books make sense to me. Everything. And so perhaps everything is occurring simultaneously and people have left behind signs for us and things are coded in symbol because as we vibrate in higher vibrations and our consciousness opens now stuff makes sense to us i love talking to you because you're getting it you're a rememberer (laughs) and i also have clients that i start to talk and it I begin to hear a little mumbling like Charlie Brown's teacher. My own voice begins to sound mumbled. I can tell that that they are not ready for what I'm saying, and it starts to begin to sound like Chinese. And for the longest, I would change my approach. I was taught to meet my clients where they are. And so, okay, well, let's just look at your blood pressure. See if we can lower it through some relaxation techniques. Right. As I would change my approach. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that anymore okay. because there's enough people ready to hear. And that's part of what you're talking about, listening to the whisper. And we keep forgetting. I said that there's a little bit of amnesia going on. When we're in these lower vibrations, if you think about us not, our brain's not working right now. I'm having a bad mood, indication number one. That means I'm not. I'm in some sort of fight or flight. My body's not working correctly my brain's not working correctly so in from this state i'm in right now i am not going to generate a new idea and i'm gonna want to stay here because our bodies get addicted but this is where we've got to see our body dr joe dispenza says our body's like an animal and we can train it to say sit close your eyes and i say move your energy inside first i have in my next book a little saying over and over i say throughout the book to help us remember it's an energetic universe move your energy inside first and then all of a sudden life becomes magic wes it becomes magic but i think we're shifting and we keep forgetting because I can be in a bad mood and, oh, my gosh, I'm just like what, right back to where I was in the past, thinking the thoughts of the past, wanting it to be over, not wanting to be here anymore. All of a sudden, my consciousness is drawn to looking at the bad news. And then I find my strength. I pull myself up by my bootstraps. I practice what I'm preaching. I do some biofeedback. Connection with nature is the key that modern man keeps leaving out. A connection with nature and these plant medicines and I'm gonna say it again <laughs> the only ones that are still against the consciousness opening medicines are the ones who are unconscious we need to put that on a little meme for me <laughs> and they're rejecting the thing they need the most and I know it because I've slipped back unconscious enough myself To know that when I'm in these lower vibrations, I too am rejecting. The first thing I want is alcohol or a cigarette or something that's toxic. It's like when our body's toxic, it wants more toxins. And then when we cross over and we start to become coherent, our body starts wanting more. And that's what biofeedback and being with nature is all about, is we're just placing ourselves in a space for a little bit. And I had you close your eyes, and I said, just tell yourself for this moment, nowhere to go, nothing to do, and nothing to figure out. We're just creating a little bit of a space for our body to be in peace so that this conscious creation can create more peace and bring to us a life that's more in ease because that's ultimately what we want. And isn't it fun if we realize we really are powerful and this place really is magic? And the magic is in nature. 
This is why the witches were burned, because the apple has the shape of a Taurus. It's water. It's 99. It, it's something that they use like a crystal. Crystals hold frequency. It's what is in our computers. It's what's in our cell phones. It's holding the data. So for a modern man to go, ooh, crystal woo-woo, well, you're just not, you know, you need a, you need a consciousness opening medicine. <laughs> So, yeah, so here we um, have started doing ayahuasca. We have a shaman come in from Brazil and one from Mexico, and we intertwine these traditions. We do a traditional Tezmezcal sweat lodge, and um, the pure, the Santo Daime tribe is where the medicine comes from. It's very pure, and this is the medicine that we know from the charts is for the pineal gland. But like you're saying, psilocybin, I've seen that on a chart for the root chakra. San Pedro is a heart chakra opener. And having doing it myself and documenting them, I can say without a doubt, each of these medicines are working in my, in my areas of the body. For instance, cannabis is a throat chakra opener. And I smoke and write. <laughs> Or an edible. And, you know, I've been making my own plant medicines and, and practicing with these as well as documenting and writing. I have my own biofeedback results to show before and after. And I've been dealing with an old, my uh, spinal issue I've had since I was a little girl where my back grew a little crooked. I'm healing it. It's healing. And that's from meditation. It's from the plant medicines that I've learned to make myself and from the bees. And every day getting up and living in the energy of a healed being. You know, what does that look like? We have to start looking at that. And also, you know, some strange things connecting with my ancestors, realizing that um, their energy is still here. And just because I can only see 4% of the electromagnetic spectrum does not mean that they're not able to communicate with me like Mother Nature does. The trees have been proven to speak telepathically. And some of us, it's just a matter of matching a frequency. I can't just all of a sudden hear a tree talking to me. It's, I have to sit, and I have to get myself in that peace that you and I practiced. And then I begin to feel, I feel like it bubbles up. I feel like our thoughts are here. Worry, you know, the survival organs making it 70,000 negative thoughts a day. I feel like when the information is coming from what some call the divine matrix or the vortex or the quantum field i just call it gaia or mother pachamama it feels like the information bubbles up it always feels like love it always feels like peace it excites me it feels like something that my my soul is calling me to do and if it's information it's coming through like in the poem that i read that i'll read again it feels like news to me and i and i've had a thousand instances where julie bray does not know the information but julie bray goes and looks it up and sure enough what i've written in my journal that felt like came to me through a tree or some form of mother nature was news to me and i feel that mother nature has been teaching me the laws of physics because i think i'm like duh the laws of nature would be the laws of quantum physics we're nature we whether we're a spiritual being or, or not we a lot of people say that to be in physical form, you've had to lower your vibration to even have a body. And Mother Nature's here to help us ascend our feelings and our emotions to be able to create. I think it's a great gift. We're here. I told you on all my past life experiences, and I go and I cross over, and I have that moment of floating in the bubble, and I'm just pure consciousness. And then I, you, in the book I wrote about when I was in the 
ayahuasca. Was it ayahuasca where I felt like I experienced my life in this in the gas chamber? And um, it's like a movie when you watch it, when you realize this is just, you know, it's like a movie. They say if you look at your hands, you realize that this is just another time and I'm okay right now. But as I was um, letting go of that life, because I was in a moment, the ayahuasca showed me a vision. And as I was letting go of that life, and it was very interesting to be in a gas chamber, because what was going to kill me was breath. And so there was an instant where I was holding my breath and resisting this. And part of me was going through my mind was saying, you know, all the mental stuff. Yeah, just, you know, don't die at the hands of them, blah, blah, blah. You're just going to hold your breath and, you know, somehow this is going to make it better. I don't know. And everything, it, it was like the fear of the fear was worse than the fear. Because as soon as I took the breath and everything ended, there was a complete exhale. And then there was an inhale, and I was in this life. The transition is not at all hellacious. It's very peaceful. We love it. And <laughs> we shouldn't be afraid of it. And it's why I think so many people want to. And, I'm, you know, when people do take their lives, I get it. I'm like, there's a place that, you know. But I do also think you're going to come back and have to do it again. You know, and you're going to have the amnesia again. <laughs> You know, you're going to have to remember, wait a minute. But every time I go into that space, I hear myself go, oh, do you mean that's what I was supposed to do? Oh, yes, let me go back, please. And I beg to come back. I want to be back. And I think that I'm. when we say ascension, that's us remembering. And why I call that one book, The Rememberers. And you're here giving me information that's helping me remember. I'm giving you information. All to help us become creators so that we don't have to choose to be between being a victim or a controller anymore. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I also believe that uh, that we, we come here in this life to to, to heal uh, might it be past life traumas or 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 or, or our um, ancestors traumas too. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of like being alive is the gift of being able to do that work uh, because yeah in the space of uh, of pure consciousness you're already pure consciousness there's nothing really to heal but in this life form we're part of mother earth and uh you know we're we're part of we're part of the healing of ourselves and the part of the healing of of, of nature too uh julie yeah i was looking at the time now um i think we yeah, we we have some good information in there. Uh, we 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 could keep on talking. We already talked about this twice, <laughs> so I think we can we can keep on talking. But I wanted to I wanted to ask you if you could tell us about yeah a little bit more in detail about the books that you're working on or any other projects, and uh, to read us again yeah your poem. I was gonna read another one, but I'd have to go get because there's fifty of them. Wow, of the same of getting of getting channels make you feel so good about life and about a connection with Mother Earth. So um, just a little bit about the projects that I'm working on now. So The Year of the Frog is available in English and in Spanish on Amazon. And the Spanish version was funny. I manifested that. A beautiful woman in Spain translated it. So I've never read it. I don't know if it's correct, but bless her heart. She did a good job. And um, the one I'm going to 
published now is Pachamama Prattle. Pachamama meaning Mother Earth in Quechua. Prattle meaning long talk or chatter in kind of a childish, foolish way because that's the way I believe that she talks to me. And it's been since I was a little girl. I've always written poetry, and part of me moving here to write was I wanted to do this because when I do it, an overwhelming feeling of love. I buzz throughout my body, and it feels good. I, I want to do it. I love doing it. Um, and so when I went to Peru and started working and did different work, I've been back and forth quite a bit. Over the, All of the teachers have taught me about this connection with nature being being lost and how she is here to help us with the ascension. She's a mother. She's very comforting. She misses us coming to her with our troubles and turning to her medicines. Because as a mother, you want your children to be healed. So um, after my time in Peru, and um, I was taught to maybe perhaps rather than fight off this oddity of listening to Mother Nature, to sit with it. And so I took a year of meditating on different things. They said it doesn't have to just be a tree. It can be anything in nature. Ask that, that piece of nature to share with you its wisdom and its gifts. And so I took a year meditating on different trees, rivers, dragonflies, the sand, the moon. And there's a lot of meditations within this book that I believe were coming to through me from Mother Earth. There was a tree I meditated with under in Estrada. I lived out there for two months, and I was under this tree every single day for two months. Turns out it was a banyan tree, the type that Buddha meditated under. And so much beautiful information came through. And meditations. Like this, I felt the tree was telling me, do this, do this. And I didn't study chakras. I didn't know the colors of them. I didn't know the names. But I wrote correct information in my journal. And so I'm going to be publishing all of that. And then I have a book called The Rememberers that I talked about my son telling me when he was little. I would ask him every day when he was after he was born when I realized, wait a minute, he's coming from some sort of perfection. And I'm going to try to school him to fit into an imperfect world. How about I turn the tables and listen to him? And every day asking him, where are you from? You know, and really taking the time to listen to him, really hear his opinions on things. And, you know, even when he was in trouble asking him, what do you think? your punishment should be it was always worse than what it should be or what if it should be anything and just that talk I got so much information from him and he told me when he was young that we are the rememberers and part of this time of being alive is healing our life now healing our past lives um and that it's not so much about yeah we've got epigenetics has shown that you know our trauma may not be our own that we've inherited our you know we're we're looking at the negative part of it if we could twist our perspective and look at the positive that means we would be inheriting our ancestors talents as well perhaps they lived a life that they had to go to war and they didn't get to express their talent to paint epigenetics has shown that we can turn on the highest expression of our genes there's 36,000 expressions and if you inherited a disease that's just one expression there's 35,999 other expressions you can ask and you can you know with this connection with my ancestors and meditating I ask mother nature and I ask them to share with me your wisdom and your gifts and I look at life like a little girl again like I wonder if I can paint I don't know. I wonder if I can play guitar because maybe my grandpa did. Or maybe I, and it makes life worth living. 
to be able to look at it through the eyes of a child again. And you're gifted that you have a child that you can see and, and teach him these things and you two practice co-creating together. So that's in the rememberers is remembering my talents as well that have been passed down and remembering my past lives. And rather than looking at the negative of it, taking that power because if I was a witch and I was burned at the stake, what are the recipes? <laughs> and so I ask myself in that life to share with me that wisdom and, and gifts. And, um, and then I have a book called The Cannabis Papers that I'm finishing up right now. It's just to take on Freud's cocaine papers of experimenting with the medicines and using them on myself and my experiences and being a trimigrant and being on an illegal farm, being alive during prohibition and smoking for the first time. I, I was 40. I was against it because I was a good student. I listened to them <laughs> and I did what they said. And now I know, wait a minute. This is why it was so important to take myself by the hand and go, go and listen to yourself for once. If you're going to, if you're going to check out, why not go do something radical? And then the Pachamama Prattle, which I want to end by reading you this poem yes. one more time yes. because it's my favorite. No, they're all really good. <laughs> so there's over – I would I will send you um, a copy of it. What I'm trying to do right now is it's done other than editing it, and I'm looking for an artist to help me illustrate it. Okay. I have a woman in mind I'm manifesting, but I've been too afraid to send her the book. <sighs> Because I, you saw me shaking when I first started reading this. I'm not going to shake now. I'm over my nerves. So after I came back and I had been doing a lot of meditation with trees, trees are the easiest to communicate with. They do communicate telepathically. And you get yourself in this really nice, peaceful place. Um, I, was, I was asking other things. I have a poem from an owl, from a cat, from the stars, from the moon. And it's not that I'm a poet. It seems that Mother Earth talks to me in poetry. This word prattle, the title, I didn't know this word. I wrote it, and I went and looked it up because I felt when a download came that she was saying this is the name of the book. And sure enough, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it is the perfect name. So this is called um, Dragonfly Dharma. And this is kind of about following that little whisper inside. I was sitting down at Buena Vista, and I was watching um, the dragonflies. And so here's how it goes. I asked a dragonfly to speak to me. She stopped mid-flight and buzzed her wings. She looked perplexed at my questions. She said, rarely do humans pay much attention. I said, dragonfly, would you please share with me the gifts you bring? She said, honey, I take life as it comes. I was once mere larva in pond scum. <laughs> I had plenty from the now I was. I never struggled or felt unloved. I had no clue that there was more to life. I was grateful just to be alive. And then one day, I sprouted wings. And they were better than any pair I'd seen. Now faster than any insect on earth, I can fly anywhere in this world. I've been many places, but this I vow, nothing is more fabulous than where we are now. Fall in love with the you you are. And instead of two wings, well, you just might get four. Stop mid-flight 
Take in each view. Change, adjust, breathe in the new. You have evolved to a much better place. So feel the weight of your wings and stand up straight. This just goes back to that solar plexus story and you've not stepped into your power. You've not quite, none of us really have. And when we do and we turn back to the thing that birthed us, if we look at this as evolution being everything spawning out of the earth, we came out of this. Why would this not have everything we need like a mother to nurture us and protect us? And it's a very feminine energy. From the very first time when I had a a near-death experience, as a very young child, I, um, I saw this thing that I keep seeing, that I see when I do the plant medicines, that I see when I find a deep meditative state. It's an energy. It's a very loving energy. and It's an all-knowing energy. And when you have an interaction with it for an instant, you know that not only is everything all right, everything was never wrong. And it's why I think I had such a hard time with church is because immediately when I started getting into it and I tried to be the really good church girl, it, it wasn't this thing. It wasn't, I step into the church and go, no, I've seen God, which wasn't a man in my eyes at the time. It was a very feminine mothering energy and I'm not finding it here. I'm not finding it here. I went through many churches, not finding it, not finding it, not finding it. And, um, Yeah. It's Pachamama for me. And I'm going to have to walk that walk if I'm going to talk the talk. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Julie, very much for, for, for ending the, the talk with that beautiful poem that you, that you channeled from Mother Earth. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. And, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it puts in perspective also that, like, maybe we need to go through, through, through times that we, are not, we don't think are glorious, let's say. To, to eventually get to the glorious times or, or yeah, you know, everybody, we, we all have a path to walk and, uh, yeah, we need to, we need to listen to, to ourselves, which, and, and, and listen to, to that channel energy that, that I feel like we, we can all, we can all tap into. Uh, it's just, we need to quiet ourselves down. Yeah, it's just about, it's so ironic because it's not about doing more work. It's about doing less exactly. <laughs> and it's not about feeling frustrated. It's about feeling peace. <laughs> And so everybody that comes to me, they're coming to me to feel peace, but they're rejecting the peace I'm trying to teach. And uh, me too. My body too rejects it. When I get into, I I call it a chemical soup, a soup of stressed hormones and toxins, my body likes it. And I have to consciously say, Julie Bray, what do you want right now in this moment? What's going to change? What's going to turn the tide? If we're consciously creating and we get good at it, can I not change this right now right now in this moment by somehow now rather than sitting in this soup of negative energy that's drawing more negativity to me can i somehow find some satisfaction in where i am can i because satisfaction is a positive emotion just can you be satisfied content it's a positive emotion even boredom i consider a positive emotion because it's the it's the beginning when you're bored you're kind of in the your biology measures out about 0.9 you're about to flip over it's the next, the next energy boost is going to be that you're satisfied, that you're content. And boredom is a springboard for creativity. So if you can find yourself settling in the lower emotions and be okay with that, and then 
it's like you can't jump jump to a high vibration of love when you're down in a depressive state. You just it's too far of a jump. You have to work your way up like a little stair step and can I be satisfied? Can I be content? Can I just breathe and find some peace right now in this moment? And we all can. Yeah. That's nice to know because yeah, sometimes we're depressed and we just want to jump to love, but it's it's impossible. Just go gradually. And plant medicines. Oh, you. <laughs> awesome thanks Julie uh, for your time again uh, we did this uh, podcast uh, twice uh, uh, and yeah hopefully we can t- we can talk more in the future uh, about uh, evolving ideas and uh, new new practices and stuff like that thank you. thank you very much for having me thank you for being a part of my manifestation and co-creating this beautiful world with me awesome thanks alright goodbye to everybody else take care bye <laughs> we were of